Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. If you're new, thank you for joining us. If you are a seasoned listener, welcome back to the community. Today, I will be chatting with Keith Willard, and he's going to tell us all about starting from the scratch and taking something such as an idea and making it a reality. But here's a little bit more about what Keith does. And for those of you who may not know, I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. But it's about collaboration today. So let me welcome, let me welcome Keith. But before I bring him on, here's more about him. Keith Willard is the owner of Keith Willard Events, a social and corporate event planning company in business for over seven years. Before restarting his company, Keith spent more than a decade working for a hotel in social catering. Uh, Starting as an entry-level catering salesperson in 2004 and working his way up to director of catering for Ritz-Carlton Bell Harbor in 2014. Previously, Keith was the executive director of a local not-for-profit in Dallas, Texas. Shout out all the Texans, where he owned his skills of working with small budget. He then continued his love of events as a senior event planner with a company called Event Presentations, where he traveled the world putting together events for notable clients such as Nokia and AT&T. Along the way, Keith was responsible for a thousand person galas and Madame Tussauds in London, as well as planning Mark Cuban's, get that again, Mark Cuban's 40th birthday party, which included a concert by John Mellencamp. And for those of you who don't know who Mark Cuban is, he is the owner of the Mavericks and he's also on Shark Tank. Since starting his business in 2015, Keith has been the recipient of numerous awards, including Best of Best of from the Knot, <laughs> Best Wedding Planner from Wedding Wire, Top 10 from Modern Luxury Magazine, and Innovator of the Year from the National Association of Catering and Events. Now Keith continues his excellence with corporate and wedding planning service while producing an award-winning podcast called Behind the Veil. The, the weekly live podcast has had notable guests such as David Tutera, Colin Cowie, and Monte Durham from Say Yes to the Dress, which led to winning the Telly Award for Best Unscripted online series. So y'all, he has done a lot. He is a subject matter expert in his field. So let's welcome Keith Willard, the man behind it all. Oh my goodness. And I am so sorry about that bio. (laughs) Like, Wow, I did not realize that, you know, because when people ask for bios, sometimes you you go, okay, I'll send them everything. And then, and then 
they'll let, uh, edit it down. Sorry, that was, God, that almost bored me to tears. So sorry, guys. <laughs> no worries. And the reason why I didn't condense it was because I wanted to show the transition as well as the transformation in your career path, which yeah. led you to what you're doing now. Because sometimes people just see what you're doing now, but they may not see the start ugly moments. They may not have seen how you transition or et cetera. So even though it was long and lengthy, lengthy I think it was just to where you are now Keith because you've been in business for a while and had you not tried different avenues and venues you wouldn't be where you are today that's, it, that's true if, if you if I, if I didn't fail I wouldn't have learned that's all there's to it you know you don't learn until you fail so on a lighter note, I want to give the audience a chance to connect with you in a fun way. So this is our fun part of the segment, and it's the connection segment. So there are two options. We could do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. What rapid are you fire. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. We're okay. playing rapid fire with Keith and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question number one, favorite color? Green. Question number two, what's your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? Tequila. Ooh, yes, love it. Question three, if you could trade places with anyone, who would it be and why? My dog, because it's spoiled. <laughs> Question four, if you could interview any person on your podcast, let's do a current person, who would it be? Current person that uh, to interview a, a current person on my podcast. Um, yes. Uh, oh, poop. There's so many. Um, Obama. Okay. Michelle. <laughs> oh, by the way, Michelle Obama. Okay, you want Michelle? Okay. Yeah. So here's the challenge, y'all. So challenge for you, Keith. You could either accept or reject. So you want to interview Michelle Obama on Behind the Veil. So I challenge you within the next two weeks to reach out to Michelle Obama's PR team, whether you're sliding in her DM or you're sending them an email with your pitch on why you want to have a conversation with Michelle. How can you add value? How can she add value? And also just shoot your shot because at this point you have nothing to lose. They're either going to say yes or they're going to say no. But with your accolades and the amount of success you have, it may work out in their favor to just have an even exchange. That'd so be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. I will totally reach out. You know, it's funny because that's one of the things it's like you, you, you don't know until you try, you know, you just don't know until you try. So I might as well. So are you accepting the challenge? Uh, uh, yeah, 100%. Okay, so put a date by when you're going to have it done. You get two weeks. Then in order for me to know that you didn't just have lip service, you actually yep. have to screenshot me when you reach out and what it looked like. So I could, so I could know that you took the challenge serious. And for those totally. of you that are in the audience, when you see Keith, whether you see him online, on LinkedIn, Instagram, or wherever, slide in his DMs and ask him how he's doing with the challenge so we could be his accountability partners. I love it. I love it. Yes. Actually, I'll have this done by July 4th. Okay. <laughs> by the holiday? <laughs> yeah, by the holiday. Absolutely. I'll have it done by the holiday. Okay. Of course, I got to figure out who our PR team is, but okay. <laughs> it gives you something to do. Work. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Question five, you get three random acts of kindness per day for you to do for someone else. What are your three for today? Um, uh, give somebody a ride, buy somebody lunch, help somebody plan their wedding. Okay. Question six, if you could be a fly on the wall and listen into any conversation, what conversation are you listening to? Rudy Giuliani making excuses to Trump. <laughs> Question seven. <laughs> Do you have a dream car that you admire right now? Yes. Um, so there is an all electric. Um, oh my goodness. No, of course it just totally went blank, but um, there's an all electric SUV Mustang that I am obsessed with. Oh, I think I've seen the one that you're, that you're talking about. It kind of like the back is kind of like round back. Yeah. And then, okay. I see. I didn't I'm know obsessed. those were all electric. Yes. I'm obsessed with this because it's a Mustang and it's a SUV, which of course has a planner. I always need to have storage and it's all electric. So I'm just like totally obsessed with this car. Okay. So other challenge, it, whenever we have dreams and yeah. we want those dreams to turn into realities, go test drive that car. That is not a bad idea. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I didn't even think about that. Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I go test drive this? Okay. <laughs> Look at you. Boom. Love it. Question Writing eight. This down. <laughs> As a wedding planner, do you have a favorite wedding planning movie? Um, you, no, I hate all wedding planning movies. <laughs> okay. Because not we're not Jennifer Lopez with a little earpiece and six inch heels. That's not how it works. <laughs> that is not how it works. Oh my God. <laughs> oh Question nine, name something crazy that you have done in your life that was actually a character building exercise. Something crazy that I've done in my life that was a character building exercise wow i mean there's a lot of like streaking and over drinking and uh lots of wow character building i don't know if I, it ever actually built any characters i mean a rap sheet it built a rap sheet i don't know if it built a character but yeah um wow that's that's a really hard one i, I i'm gonna pass on that because i can't think of anything specific yeah, there's nothing specific that really comes to mind except, you know, like I said, um, I guess trying to being more free with with myself because typically I'm pretty buttoned up and and behind the scenes and we always have to have a, a, a specific image when we're in front of people. So being able to let loose and just be myself um, without the clothes <laughs> when I was younger, not now. <laughs> Okay. And question 10, it is our pass or play question, Keith, and here are the rules. If you pass, this is where you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Pass. Okay. What's your question? What's your greatest fear? Oh, dang. That's a good one. Um, I'll just say the first thing that came into my mind since it's rapid fire, I would say those big, creepy, crawly spiders. And the only reason why I say that is because when we were in Vegas, my husband and I, 
Um, my husband raised his hand for me to get on stage with Chris Angel. And for those of you who don't know who Chris Angel, he's the wow. magician. And all of a sudden he asked me that question and I said spiders and a tarantula just appeared. And I literally no. almost tripped over this couch on stage in front of this big old group of people. And all I could remember was saying, holy sh. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, how the heck did he do that? (laughs) That's incredible. And you know, and the thing is, is like spiders, we, we were just in um, Italy and the, one of the things that really surprised me is that they have these monstrous spiders. So you go to the, all these like beautiful ruins and then all of a sudden there's like this huge crazy spider. And all I kept thinking about, is this Australia? Because they say in Australia, everything's there everything wild is there to kill you i've never been to australia but i've heard uh, and so that's for some reason that came into my head when i saw this big spider it's like i i totally get where you're coming from on that one that's crazy <laughs> amazing and i hope you enjoy rapid fire and the connection part of the segment um because then it allows the audience to get to know you in a fun and personal manner outside of the meat of the conversation which is what you're helping people do start from scratch learn their crafts and really take those ideas and formulate it into the final product. So let's talk about how um, you began to get involved in the work that you're doing because you you are multifaceted, Keith, and you have done quite a bit. So let's start with giving us a little glimpse into your background and how did you begin to make those transitions and pivots? Well, okay, I'll, I'll do the short story because, you know, I'm, I'm probably much older than you. And, uh, and so there's a lot more backstory. But, um, you know, I started my career as, uh, as an executive director of a, a small nonprofit, which is what you were talking about in the bio. And because it was a small not-for-profit, the only way to really make money was by throwing parties, selling tickets to stuff, you know, organizing concerts, get a special singer in, um, having a dance party, doing some type of um, interesting cocktail reception. And because we were, we were not for profit, there was no money. And so I had to figure out how to make really interesting things um, out of no money. And also, it also taught me how to ask people for sponsorships, donations, what have you, um, and not being afraid of getting a no, right? To keep, to keep asking until I got a yes. Uh, and I think that really formulated a lot about what I do in my life is because, you know, I, I figure out how to make people's budgets work. I, um, I have to think about outside of the box when it comes to visuals and decor, and I never afraid to ask somebody a question, right? Because, you know, uh, I mean, what was it? There, there's a saying that I, I usually say, and now I've, of course I can't think of it on the fly. Um, but yeah, so it was actually at one of my events that a gentleman named Russell Holloway, who is the owner of uh, Feature Presentations or Event Presentations, which was the company that I went to work for. And he actually came to the event and said, you know, who did all of this? Who came up with the idea? How did you find these sponsors? And so I was asked, answering all these questions. And he, he asked, he's like, have you ever thought about doing events professionally? And I had said, actually no i mean my world was not for profit and he's like well i'd like to hire you and within a couple of weeks i'm all over the world right i mean and and the thing is is that a lot of people don't understand in the the corporate world you don't really get to visit these cities (laughs) you fly in you go from the airport to the hotel or the venue you do the party and then you fly out 
So it sounded super glamorous. <laughs> it was not glamorous, but it was a huge learning curve. And I, and it really uh, changed the direction of my life forever. And so I will always be grateful um, to this gentleman. He unfortunately passed away several years ago from ALS, but um, he was instrumental in, in giving me my dream job without me knowing it was my dream job, right? Because sometimes life has a way of pushing you in the direction that you're supposed to go. And sometimes you just have to let it push you. And then so from there, I opened up my own business for, for many years. And then I, I got burned out like a lot of people, you know, you, you're in uh, one part of your, your career. And at some point you're just like, oh my God, I haven't had a day off in like three years. I have no relationship. I have no life. All I do is work. Uh, and so I decided that I needed to have kind of a midlife breakthrough. I don't call it a crisis because it was a midlife breakthrough. And I decided that I wanted to, to live the simple life because I had literally started my career as an executive director and went right into events and was busy, busy, busy. So I never had that college experience of waiting tables, hanging out, going to the beach, relaxing, you know, living the, the easy life, quote unquote. We all know it's not easy. Waiter, wait staff have the hardest jobs on this on this planet. Let's pause uh, there really quick because yeah, I, res I resonate with that because I have some parallels there, um, especially coming from a corporate background. So um, even though I've had like the glamour part in the later part of my career, because I am in my early 30s, but I've been it, I spent 15 years in corporate America and I didn't have like the college life experience because I always worked full time and I went to yep. school at night to pursue my degree. So I had struck a lot of structure there. So like you, I didn't have the glamorous stuff, the glamorous life where I'm going to the frat parties or the sororities or anything like that, that um, college kids do. So my first job was real estate. So I worked for Remax Preferred Home. Then after that, I went to the cancer center. Then I got involved in oil and gas for 12 years. And I learned there because I had a start at the bottom. So I started as an administrative assistant and worked my way up to trade regs and compliance. That was the latter part of my recent career. But then prior to that, I started at the bottom as an imaging yeah. clerk. And yeah. all I did was scan papers. It was super boring. Then I went into project management. Then I went into HSC, so health, safety, and environmental. Then I ended up as a manager. But I was like, doing it for a small company, whenever you yeah. make it up the chains, you're capped out in your salary. So it's like, what do I do next? You could either stay there and get comfortable and complacent, or you could take that leap of faith. So that allowed me to take that leap of faith to that Fortune 500 company where no one knew me, which I had to start all the way over. And it felt like a slap in the face because I was like, I'm going yep. from a manager to an admin assistant. I was like, yep. I am not a lunch pusher or a coffee getter, but it humbled me. And to your point, life happens to you, but it also happens for you. And it pushes you in the director because when you're an admin, you get to know the VPs, you get to know a little bit of everything. You're kind of the glue that keeps it together. And then you're building your rapport, kind of similar to what, what you were doing. You had no idea. 100%. That guy was pushing you. So I did like golf tournaments for United Way. I got to connect with people with junior achievement. I got to connect with different um officials and et cetera, which of course I'm not going to disclose it because I did a lot of proprietary stuff. Right. 
Right. But I but I really resonate with that with that sentiment. And then you do get to a period where you are burnt out. So then you have to ask yourself, is this really what I want to do? And if not, what does the next chapter look like? And sometimes life happens where you're forced out. So whether it's a layoff or furlough, or you may have like a little like you say, maybe a breakdown. I don't, I don't know if you will call it a crisis or let's just say a point of reflection where you there realize that point of reflection makes you realize that there's more to life than what I'm doing. So then you kind of slow down and you reprioritize kind of similar to what you said. You said you didn't have time for a relationship. You were on a plane, off a plane, on a plane, off a plane. And then you're like, this is not what Keith wanted. And I'm here to say, even though Keith and I were in different industries, we have different parallels, but it does come to a point where everyone needs to go through their own point of self-reflection and analyze, is this what I want for myself? And if not, what are the tools that I need in order to operate and move to the next vehicle? Would you say that's a good summary based on what you stated, Keith? Yeah, you know, the thing is, is that um, I think that what I, I think one of the things that I had to learn in, in life is that, you know, it is okay um, not to be what other people think you are, right? And so everybody has kind of an idea of who someone is by what, when they meet them. So in other words, when you were with the oil and gas companies, people... I, kind of made you made their connection to you via oil and gas was that really who you are probably not and so i think sometimes we get caught up in how other people see us and it restricts us from becoming who we really are right and i and i think one of the things that i really helped me is because i was in texas at the time and i moved to florida where i knew no one so i was able to reinvent myself completely and i had basically no past, which was both hard and good at the same time. I mean, you, you said it, it was kind of a slap in the face because you're like, well, I know what I'm doing. I've, I've been doing this for, you know, 15 years, but there was also some freedom that came with it. And so when I moved to Florida, you know, long story short, I did the waiting job. I lived in the Keys, had the best time for about six months. And then I was bored to death oh my god i stabbed me in the eye i was so bored and i moved to fort lauderdale and through several random connections again having to do with events i ended up um, starting as a catering manager entry-level catering manager for a hotel at, at the time it was called hyatt pier 66 and i had never worked for hotels knew nobody in that industry and so i had to learn everything again but it also um exposed me to my new love which was weddings right because we did a lot of weddings and i just worked my way up through the hotel industry and because of what i was doing i got to know all the vendors i got to know exactly how they work behind the scenes not the sales job that they give the clients but how they actually work and once i got to a point where i and and you said that salary cap same thing happens to hotel people. They get into a certain hotel and the only way they can get an increase in their salary is by going to a different hotel, right? And so worked my way up to uh, director of catering for Ritz-Carlton, which was a whole crazy, another story, but another story. And then I decided that it was time for me to go back into business for myself. And so that was seven years ago. And Amazing. So that's where, yeah, and let's so, pause there. So- 
you really learn a lot whenever you are working for someone else's business as an employee because you're getting to learn the ins and out of that corporation and the knowledge that you acquire and the business acumen that you gain is what allows you to embrace those transferable skills where you begin to transition from working for somebody to working for yourself and when you work for yourself some people think it's glamorous yes it's glamorous but it's not always glamorous in the beginning because you're working in your business versus on your business and you may not be at the point where it's scalable so you're doing everything yourself until you get to the point where it makes sense to partner with other people who have a different zone of genius and take your business to the next level but then also a big component there is networking don't damn the bridge that you cross and really leverage your network that you have built and good saying I love that. I'm stealing that. Oh, because people typically say don't burn your bridges, but I love how you did that. That that was awesome. <laughs> I'm but gonna give true. credit credit to my mom. She's she's <laughs> West Indian and Caribbean, and I guess that's a Caribbean saying. She's like, yeah. don't damn the bridge across in her Caribbean accent. And since I'm first generation American, I can't say it like my mom would say it. But um, it's so true because true. it's like your network is tied to your network, but how you show up for yourself because you are your brand and how you build those genuine connections, because it's not just about you connecting with a person to get something out of it. It's about how can both of y'all win together? Like Keith and I are doing this as a collaboration, but at the end of this, it's it's going to drive more conversations because we're going to stay connected based on some similarities that we have or et cetera. And in order for both of us to win and thrive, we have to support each other and focus more on the commonalities versus the differences and how can we help each other advance. And I think more people forget that part whenever they're starting from scratch and they're trying to network and they're trying to make those connections or whatnot. They have that with a method. What's in it for me? But what about if we change the me for the we? What's in it for we? And how can we really create those long lasting um, relationships to build synergies in order to keep it sustainable. Well, and you know, your podcast is doing exactly that. And that, you know, it's, it's, it's building relationships. And even though I was in the hotel industry and even though that I was in the event industry and even though I was in the non not for profit industry, it's amazing how many times I find that the paths crossed years later years later, sometimes a decade later, and depending on their experience with you at that time, will automatically create better things if you have a positive experience in the past. So if somebody, if you're always putting your best foot forward, even if it's 10 years later, they're going to remember that. And so you never know what position they may now be in and how they can either help you or you can help them but it's always collaborative. You do not step on other people's feet or heads to get up. You reach out the hand and help each other up. Yes, absolutely. Each, Each one reach one. I think that's like a saying that some people say. And I know you you also help people figure out um, how to be successful with no prior contacts 
or relate or relationships. And I feel like that goes back to you building your career and you knowing the vendors, knowing what their wants are, knowing what their whys are. And then the experience that you had with their with them, they'll probably refer you to another vendor that who's looking for someone with your expertise. So can you give us maybe five tips so we could help uh, the individuals that are listening to this recording? Yeah. You know, the first thing would be never be afraid to ask a question or or never be afraid to let somebody know that you don't know that answer, right? There is there is nothing wrong with not being knowledgeable in everything, right? Uh, and I think some people make a mistake by saying, well, of course I know that because they don't want to look weak or they don't want to look like they're incompetent. It's better to say, you know what? I actually don't know anything about that. Let me look into that and and be honest and upfront. Uh, you know, the second thing is network, network, network. Any networking possibility, go to it. And and of course, build that affiliation with any um, pro, uh, professional um, networking groups like NACE, National Association of Catering and Events. If you're in the event industry, um, um, ILEA, International Live Events Association, or MPI, which is Meeting Professional International, these organizations are great for people that are just getting into the industry and really need a direction and need a, a resource to meet other people, right? Volunteer. I think is a fourth one, volunteer for uh, local organizations. It's amazing how, what kind of people, the, the great people that you're actually gonna meet that are volunteering themselves because it, it takes a t particular type of person for, to, to volunteer their time. And you're gonna find the most generous, loving, outgoing human beings in that world. Uh, and of course, that's the world came from. So I'm I'm a little partial to the not for profit. I really feel like it's our duty to, to you know respond. And then um, I think the last thing is, be somebody of your word. If you say you're going to do something by a certain time, then do it by a certain time. Do what you say you're going to do. You know, don't try to to weasel out of it or over promise. And if you do, be upfront about it. So, you know, if, if you overpromise something, just say to the, that person, it's like, look, I did not know what I was getting myself into. I, I apologize. I'm still working on it. Please just give me a little bit more time and I'm going to make this happen for you. And then follow up with that, right? But always be your true self to other people and they'll be their true selves to you. Absolutely. And those are five great tips, Keith. And thank you for sharing that. Don't overpromise and underdeliver. If someone asks you to do something and you don't know, just say, I'm not really sure, but let me find out and get back to you. Or let me find someone who's able to help you. And then see if the person that you find for them, if you could shadow them so you could learn from them and you could apply that. Um, get plugged in to the right networking groups that's catered to the industry that you're in, where you can learn from SMEs, subject matter experts. Volunteer, because whenever you are volunteering, um, you're also getting to meet people from other industries that are still volunteering at that event, and you're able to build relationships there while also giving back to a organization that you're passionate about. And then always um, be your authentic self. Authenticity, authenticity goes a long way when someone can feel like they could connect 
with you, not just on a, on a professional level, but a personal level, and they see that you're the same in both limelights, they're going to remember that. And the sentiment says, people remember how you made them feel. And that goes a long way because you're always going to be in the back of their mind, whether they let you know or not. And sometimes it's hard because we try to placate ourselves because we're seeking validation from other people who were never yeah. even meant to be with us for the lifelong journey or part of our tribe. So don't set yourself up for failure. Just be you and the right people and the right opportunities that are meant for you will fall into place. 100%. And I'm super impressed with that, the fact that you followed along with that because I was talking really fast and you picked up on everything. I'm like so impressed with you right now. <laughs> It's like, wow. <laughs> and now we're going to jump into the CTA part of the segment, which is the call to action. And this is your call to action for the audience, Keith. Once they hear this recording and based on your accolades, based on you starting from scratch and giving, giving them these incredible tips, what else is it that you would like them to do? Do you have a challenge for my audience? Like I had challenges for you. <laughs> Yeah, I think that the, my, my challenge for the, your audience is to do something that makes them feel uncomfortable um, because it's really important to push yourself in, in multiple ways. So if you're an introvert and you don't like to meet people, then push yourself to go meet somebody new. If you, you uh, don't feel comfortable um, applying for a job, then apply for three of them. You know, do something that makes you uncomfortable and follow it through. It, 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 you'll surprise yourself. I love that. So get out of your comfort zone, take that leap of faith. And once you take the plunge on the other side of that plunge is your success. So don't allow fear to condition you to the point where you're remaining complacent and stagnant. And yeah. Keith, how can they reach you? What's your website? And what are your primary um, social media outlets? So I just want to add really quick that I heard from, um, there's a famous actor that actually said, you can't get to joy until you push through the fear. And I love that saying, you, you only can get to joy after you push through the fear. Anyway, so uh, they can, people can find me on my uh, website, which is keithwillardevents.com, or they can um, check out uh, my podcast, which is Behind the Veil by Keith Willard on YouTube. It's a, a wedding focused um, podcast. So if you're out there and in, in, involved in the event and wedding industry, it's fun, a fun podcast to listen to. We're a little crazy. Um, or uh, on Instagram, which is Keith Willard, basically any social media if you just put Keith Willard you'll find me and there you have it folks Keith Willard and his last name is spelled as follow w-i-l-l-a-r-d all of his contact information will be in the show notes so all you need to do is read scroll on down and tap in with Keith and make sure you like comment follow and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. So there is a place for everyone to listen. And for those of you who like to watch videos, this video is on our YouTube channel. And you can find that by going to gems, G-E-M-S with 
Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, where would I be without my supporters? You know I only think about you. Um, because of you, we're now ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com. So for those of you who like KPIs, you can fact check me and make sure that I gave you the right info. No shade, no shame in the game. And we are currently looking for brand sponsors. It is paid sponsorship to continue the mission of spreading content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while also bridging the gap for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it does take resources in order to keep a podcast going, so I would greatly appreciate it um, if you would check out my website, genesisamariskemp.net, click on that podcast tab to learn more, or send me a personalized email to genesisamariskemp at gmail.com. Until the next segment, next guest, Peace, love, and lots of blessings. And my quote from Babe Root for today is, never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game, which means if you allow fear to condition you, you're not going to make those home runs. So I'm here for you to win. Keith wants you to win. So baby, hit that ball and knock it out the park and run those bases. You got this. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.